Hey, warriors, welcome to the Untamed Life podcast, where we are breaking free from those chains of the past and rising to lead extraordinary lives. I believe it's time for us to ditch the rules of this world that are keeping us enslaved in the grind, playing from behind, and instead opt into a conscious and strategic upgrade, one that is founded in spiritual principles that can only be accessed through the power of the heart. So if you are craving deeper, more meaningful relationships, vibrant bodies full of life force, true prosperity in all arenas, and a life of adventure, this podcast is for you. My name is Christine Jewell. I'm a high-performance coach and spiritual mentor, and together we will awaken the king or queen you are destined to be so that you can experience the fullness of life that's waiting for you. Let's dive in. All right, all right. Welcome back to the show. It's Christine Jewell, and I'm excited today. I'm excited today. I am about, after recording this podcast, I'm going to be packing my bags and I'm going to be heading out to Vegas to actually do the road trip over to Zion National Park. I'm telling you, I think that there's just these moments where there's something that just calls us, that calls us to slow down, that calls us to be still. I call it the sacred pause. For me, it's always the mountains or the desert or the jungle. I love to be in nature. So I'm about to go and shift my environment, shift my environment, shift my state, drop into a new location. And really what I'm doing is I'm going to connect. I'm going to connect to God. I'm going to connect to myself. I'm going to connect to inspiration. And that trip coming up, this trip coming up is inspiring today's podcast episode, which we are going to talk about the power, the power of our environment, the power of having a space for different things in our life versus uh, spaces where we just do everything and we allow everything to happen all the time. Um, So inspired by my trip coming up to Zion National Park. We're going to stay at a place called Under Canvas. I'm so excited about it. They put these beautiful outdoor glamping tents. Yes, I'm one of those people. I love glamping. I love to be close to the wilderness. Uh, and, and so I can hike and so I can mountain bike so I can play, but I also do love myself some beautiful accommodations and glamping is it for me. Um, so this is coming up and my soul is just so joyful and delighted to have this space, this space and this shift in my environment coming up. So what else is inspiring this? You know, I talk to a lot of people. I coach a lot of clients who, you know, there's a lot of things going on in their life. They are running companies, you're running teams, overwhelm, and and you don't have to be running companies and you don't have to be running teams to have overwhelm, right? Overwhelm, this idea of having too much to do, not enough time, too many people knocking on your door, not enough answers, right? Not enough time to respond to everything. Too many open gates, too many gates wide open and that we are always processing. I mean, I want you to just tune in right now. How much of the day are you just processing, processing, processing information, decision-making, logistics, questions? Like we are always processing these crazy amounts of information and we have so many open gates, unfinished business, open doors, that when we go from one thing to the next thing to the next thing, it's like we just keep carrying stuff with us from the morning into our first meetings, into lunchtime, into the afternoon, into our home. And then we wonder why we feel so heavy. As someone I was talking to earlier, he said to me, you know, I feel just like depressed, I think. And it's just all of this stacking of all of this stuff 
that does not get emptied, that does not get cleaned up, that does not get organized, it doesn't have a place to go. And so I'm dealing with a lot of people that experience overwhelm, overwhelm anxiety, you know, this pressure, and that are really looking to reclaim, reclaim the territory of their life, reclaim their life, reclaim the territory of their mind, reclaim the territory of their heart, like their marriage, all of it, so that there's some sense of order and some sense of peace. And today I want to talk about the power of mastering your environment over that and the way that you look at what your environment is for. Because what I see happening, and I had to learn this the hard way, okay? I had to learn that my energy is the most valuable resource. It's one of the most valuable resources I have. And every day I'm doing energy management, right? Energy is a resource. And so I had to learn how to manage my own energy. And one of the things that really showed up for me in, in learning and reprogramming myself and retraining myself was really observing my environment. What do I mean by that? I mean like, what do I allow in my space? Where was I going to do my work? Who had access to me? What type of work was I doing in different environments? What I see is a lot of us getting up, especially now, you know, a lot of us are working from home. We are trying to do everything kind of in the same environment. Some of us are literally doing work from our kitchen table. If you have an office, yay, right? It might be an office in your house, but every time you you go into your office, there's the kids, there's the dogs, there's somebody needing something, there's the Amazon Prime guy at the door, there's a email notifications going off, text notifications, every other app notification. And it's just like, all this pulling on your attention and on your focus and on your energy. So here you are, you're trying to work on a strategic project. Maybe you're trying to interview someone. Maybe you're, you're, you know, doing a team meeting, but there's just all this noise. And it's, again, there's too much availability of you. And there's not enough focus on what this time and what this space is for. So here we are. I deal with a lot of people, as I said, that are experiencing overwhelm, this pressure of trying to do everything, all these open gates. How do we navigate this? I want to suggest that one of the ways to really look at doing things differently is to make a decision of what is this environment for? Meaning, do I have a place where I do very specific things so that every time I go in there, my mind is automated. Like my mind knows that's what I'm there for. My body knows that's what I'm there for. It's like I'm prepared and I'm primed because we, we get in these situations where everything in our environment is a trigger. Like I said, everything in our environment is our trigger and every single book, the clutter on the floors, the clutter on the cabinets, like everything has a trigger that activates something inside of us. So you need to be really conscious of what you allow in your atmosphere, meaning every single pile of books that I look at or pile of files that are unfinished, unresolved, that are in my, <laughs> in my visibility, there's processing that's going on about that, right? So I'm a big advocate that if I look at my environment of where I sit down and work, number one, do I have a dedicated space for where I go and I do my work? And I want to break down work or professional work into five buckets kind of that I work with. And again, you might have your own buckets. I also want to address like five or six key areas of my personal life and how I dedicate a specific environment to each one of those. But as you're looking at your, your physical workspace, you know, is it, 
Is it clean? Is there structure? Is there order? Like, I love to start with a clean desk. I like to end with a clean desk. I like to make sure that anything that needs to be filed or bills or things to be paid or anything that needs to be processed is out of sight until I'm ready to deal with it. At which point it comes out and it gets access to my desk. My desk is not like available for clutter because I know the minute that I put it there, it's going to clutter my mind. It's going to clutter my focus. On that, the same thing is for the space. You know, I have a reading corner over there. My reading corner is for connecting to God for reflection. When I sit down in that chair, that's what that's for. I don't sit there with my laptop. I don't sit there with my iPad. I don't sit there and have client meetings. That reading nook, those chairs are for connection, for reflection, for journaling, for meditation, for prayer. And I remember years ago reading something, I think it was John Maxwell that says, you know, he had a thinking chair and whenever he needed to think, he would go into this place that was the thinking chair. And that's what the chair was there for. It wasn't to sit down and have a snack. It wasn't to sit down and have phone calls at. And I want you to start to think about as you go through your day and you go through your environment, do you kind of just spew all over the place? Like you talk on the phone everywhere, you're in your kitchen, you're maybe working, you're working at your desk and you're eating at your desk. People are, are knocking on the door, walking in, like there's just no boundary. <laughs> there's no structure. And then you're wondering, why do I feel all over the place. That's because you are all over the place. Your focus is all over the place. Your attention is all over the place. Everything is in your atmosphere from books to personal items to, you know, logistical things to kid stuff and your brain in the background, your computer of your brain is trying to process all of this stuff. So may I suggest that we give things a place to go. So I'm going to share, I've already kind of started, but I want to share five buckets. I'll call them environmental buckets that I think, you know, have been so helpful for me. Number one, on a personal level. Okay. I'm starting with us because everything starts with us. I already talked about connection for me. It's it. And I'm, I'm going to introduce these connection. What is the place that I connect, right? What is the place where I go to get energized, to activate, you know, energy, to connect to life force? What is the place that I go to be nourished, like to, to eat? When I eat, when I nourish my body, like, do I have a space to actually fuel myself? Do I have a place to recover, right? Do we have a place to connect as, as partners, either with my family, my husband, right? What's our spot? So I want to, I want you to think about right now in, in your personal life, in your personal arena, is like, what are the buckets, the core buckets that are really important to you? Do you have a dedicated space, an environment that just sort of activates? Like you walk in and that's what you do. So I want to go back through these. Number one, rest. Rest is essential. It is the one thing that everyone I talk to thinks says that they need more of. And yet when I ask them, talk to me about the place where you go to rest, aka your bedroom. Like what's in your bedroom? And there's clutter in there. There's a television in there, right? They're watching TV. They bring their laptop into the bed with them. There's, they also entertain conversations in their bedroom around heavy topics. And so again, everything has a frequency in our atmosphere. Everything is a trigger. I always say bedrooms are for two things, for sex and for sleeping. That's it, right? Like I, if you guys coach with me, you've heard me say this, like my bedroom, my bedroom, my bed, that space is for recovery and for intimacy. And that's it. I'm very protective of that environment. 
I want it to be clean. I want it to be inviting. I want it to be warm so that what, when I walk in that room or I even think about walking into the space, my body automatically knows, oh, this is what we do here. We rest here. That's why we can walk into that room. We can pop on the bed. We can take a nap. We just can meditate on the bed. We can relax. If I just need a moment, I can move into that space and it's like a sacred environment for rest and recovery. It's also a sacred environment for intimacy, right? And so we we protect the space. And I've said this, like I'm ruthless about the way, the aesthetics of that room, because to me, if I'm going to be intimate there and I'm going to rest there, I want to feel really relaxed in there. I'm not going to feel relaxed if there's laundry all over the floor and there's stuff piling up and like exercise equipment in the room and a TV going on, like nothing about that screams, come lay down and rest and relax, right? So rest, where is your spot? What is your sacred environment that you go for recovery? Number two, activation for working out, for activating your body. Again, I'm a big believer that we need a space on our schedule we need a place where we go and that's what we do. We're there to work on our physical body. Do you have a space? You know, we have a, a gym in the garage and it's the same thing. I'm just like the same thing with my gym. You know, I want the space to be clean. I want it to be clear, clear of clutter. Mark knows if the clutter gets dropped in there, I remove it quickly because I don't want to be working out and tidying up at the same time. I do not want to be distracted when I'm in there. I'm in there to hop on the bike, to grab the weights, to do the foam rolling, to get in the sauna. Like the stuff that's in there is specifically for that space. I also know that if I'm having a day where I need even more hyper-focus, we have a gym. You know, we walk to the gym. It's about a mile. We have a gym in our community. And that place, that room is for activating my body to be there. It's not for anything else. I don't do coaching calls. I don't pick up the phone. If the phone's ringing during my workout, I don't answer it. I'm there for the workout, right? And and again, I'm, I'm bringing this up because I want you to think about these things that you say you want more of in your life. I want to have more rest. I want to, I want to be able to have a great workout. Like, are you protecting the environment? Are you, do you have the environment that turns you on, that flips the switch that when you walk in there, it's like, boom, it's go time. Like when I walk into that gym, my body knows it's go time. <laughs> like we are going to be in here. We're going to be working it. We're either lifting weights or it, it already knows, right? So it's preparation and it, it removes a lot of the friction. Fuel. I want to talk about this one. When we are talking about nutrition, I still talk about nutrition a lot with my clients because I have an integrative nutrition background. I know how important it is to eat good quality food, to be nourished, to be well-fed, just to have the capacity, the mental bandwidth, the energy, all of that. And yet it's amazing how many few people actually block off, like block off on their calendar, the time to eat, the space to eat, and then think about what is the environment for the optimal digestion, for me to assimilate this nutrition, for me to be fed. So again, having a conscious place and environment where it's like, look, when I eat, it gets to be like this. Again, I'm going to sound like maybe a little bit high maintenance on this podcast, but this is these are the things that have, these are the game changers for me. I believe that the kitchen, the table is for eating. The kitchen table is for eating. I don't want to eat standing up. I don't eat driving in my car. I don't eat while I'm walking around. I certainly will not eat at my desk. I know the power and the energetic requirement 
that our digestive system needs that, that when we sit down and we focus and we have a calm environment to eat in, and that's what we're there to do. Our body receives the nutrition. It assimilates the nutrition, like our digestive system relaxes and does what it needs to do. And it's not competing. When you eat at your desk, you've got things competing, right? For attention, your digestive system is competing with your eyes that are looking at the screen with your brain that's trying to process all this information. And again, we are not fully present, not fully available for anything. So everything gets done poorly. You are not digesting your food well, if you're eating at your desk. And again, do you have a place? where you are eating well, where you're getting nourished? Do you eat with your phone in front of you looking at YouTube videos? Or are you able to sit down and just be present with your food? I am so grateful. <laughs> I'm so grateful that I grew up in my younger, more formative years in Europe. And I, I, my mom really taught us the art of eating good food, homemade food, eating slowly, being present for meals. Like this is something that's really lacking. Okay. The other two things I want to talk here about connection. Do you have a place for connection? Right. As I look at where's the spot that we connect and this could be maybe connecting with your family, connecting with your children, connecting with your spouse, like connection is something that's so important. And again, sure. Like we can, we can chat with each other in the kitchen. We can chat with each other in motion while we're driving. But is there, do you have an environment that's like, oh, when we sit down here, this is what we do. We connect here. It was a very conscious decision for Mark and I to not have a television in our home. We do not have a TV in our family room. We don't have, we certainly don't have one in our bedroom. If and when we do want to have a movie night, we do a projection on the white wall and we just watch movies that way or we blow up the outdoor movie theater and it's an event. But really our family room is a place for, we've started playing music together in there. You know, I'm slowly adding more musical instruments. We sit around the fire, we chill, we talk, we have a glass of wine, but it's really a place for connection. And that's what I wanted when I moved in there. It's like the family room was for the family to connect for conversations, for relaxing, not for just constantly having noise pumped into the atmosphere. Because I used to have the place where our family room was just the place where the TV was running 24 seven. And honestly, it was just noise pollution all the time <laughs> and distraction in, in the old houses. I remember the kids getting up and like right away, can I watch a show? Like, can I, and it just becomes so mindless, mindless living. So what is the environment in your family room? What is the environment in your kitchen? When you walk in there, do you want to relax and eat? Is it clean? Do you have a beautiful space to eat? Like, do you have space even in your work office? If you guys are in an office where you can move away from your desk and gather together and eat or step off site and eat. I mean, these things are so simple, but they are the, they are powerful. So with that connection, <laughs> Also part of that is what is the environment where you connect with your spouse? I already mentioned, you know, the bedroom is a place for us to just, that's our place. But we also have, again, my reading chairs here in the morning. They're for reflection. They're for prayer, for journaling. Often Mark will come up in the morning and he'll sit here in one of the chairs. I have two of them and we'll sit together. We know that that's, a, that those chairs are for connection. So we connect, we talk, maybe we talk about our day. We'll pray together. We set the intentions for our day together. At the end of the day, often he will come back up and we'll sit in these chairs. I have two of them here on the, in my bay window and I have two on my terrace. And they're sort of like our connection chairs. We sit there in the mornings. We might have coffee together in the afternoon. We may go outside on the terrace and sit in the sun and have a glass of wine together or just talk a cup of tea, whatever it is. 
and sometimes we just sit there and we like it because it's just like, boom, that's what we do. We just connect and that's the space, right? And it's, it, the environment is conducive to it. And when we sit down, we don't even, that's what we're there for. We're all in for that. This is also when the last thing I want to add here, and then I'm going to move into the work thing is, do you have a place where inspiration, like, where do you go where you really connect to inspiration? For me, the chair is definitely one of them. That's where I, you know, I get into the word and I do my prayer and all that stuff. But this is why for me, it's so important to move out of the familiar environment. For me, when I get out of the house, when I travel, when I go on adventures, like the amount of inspiration and curiosity that opens up, like it's just so easy for me to begin to tap into a greater vision, to download great ideas, to be inspired to create. And I think that this place of inspiration or joy, I don't know that when I talk to people, this is an area a lot of people struggle with, like, where do you actually go? What is your space? And of course we can have joy to day to day. It's a state of being, but do you have a conscious place an environment where you go and you're like, this is what I'm here for. I'm here to just drop in and be connected to joy, to inspiration, to whatever, right? This is why I'm going to Zion. It's very intentional. I have these weeks blocked off in my calendar. They're on repeat. They're automated in my calendar. The last week of every month is an integration week. And about once a quarter in that last week, I choose the environment that we're going to go to, which is going to be an opportunity for us to connect, to play, to get inspired, and let that be the space where that happens. So that when we come back, everything else is becomes effortless. Like there's so many great ideas that come to us. There's so much great connection that happens. If Mark and I are doing that together, that we come back and then we're like ready to execute. We're fresh, we're excited. And then we come into the place of execution, right? So just to recap, when you look at your personal life, I want you to consider your environments. Like what is your environment for rest? And recovery? Where do you recover best? Like, do you have a curated space for that? What about working out or activating your body? Do you have a space that you dedicate and you go all in with that? Or do you just like have your phone in there and you answer phone calls and you walk in and out and you're doing like 20 other things at the same time? Do you have a place for connection? Is it the dinner table? Is it your family room? Are you a fierce protector of the space? Like, or are you guys all on your phones at dinner and everybody's distracted and we're having these surface level conversations and we're just getting robbed, right? Like this is, these are the questions to really be asking ourselves. So those are some personal ones. I encourage you, you know, as you're thinking about this to really be thinking about what are the areas of my life personally that I want to really be more intentional about having the right environment for these things and then giving yourself permission to create the environment that just says, yes, I love my office. Like it's beautiful in here. I look forward to coming in here. So that's, that's just me into professional mode or, you know, executing on, on the work, the secondary work. If you listen to last week's podcast, the the primary work is all that other stuff. I just talked about working on our body, working on our mental body, working on our spirit, but the, the professional side or other work that we do I also break this down into a couple different buckets. For me, a lot of my work is delivery. I do a lot of coaching and training. So I have a spot, like what is the environment I like to be in when I'm coaching, when I'm training, when I'm delivering. I have curated my office in such a way that it feels really good to be in this space. It's clean. It's energetically clean. I'm surrounded by beautiful things that I love. There's a lot of natural light. There are plants everywhere. I'm surrounded and supported by life, by energy, um, by, by life-giving books. 
and it's clean. And I also know that when I'm here and I turn on my Zoom or whatever platform I'm using for delivery or training virtually, I'm all in. I I don't have 20 other tabs open. My phone is shut off. Like I am fully present for this one thing. And likewise, if I'm hosting an event and I'm in like delivery mode, it's being really conscious and protective of the environment, curating the environment, inviting people to come in and be fully present in that moment. Is there light? Is there life in the atmosphere? I cannot, this is why I don't do events that are in like, conference rooms of hotels where it's stuffy and everything is artificial and there's no light. It's just dense. The atmosphere of dense, people feel heavy. They're easily distracted. So again, if I'm going to be hosting an event and I'm doing delivery, I'm thinking about the environment that supports and makes that delivery so much more effortless, so much more just natural, fluid, right? It supports that instead of fights against it. Think about that. Like we're going to delivery and we've got all this stuff fighting against us. And like, here we are, we're trying to deliver a message, deliver a training to our team, but we're doing it in rooms. We're doing it in environments where there's so many distractions. The energy in the atmosphere is dense. Maybe there's, you know, like there's just, again, I talked about synthetic materials. I'm a big fan of having real living plants, lots of natural light, fresh oxygen, organic materials in our space, because it really does affect us. There's a lot of science around this. There's a lot of research, great blogs. You can research this stuff if you want, what makes a great work environment, right? But delivery is one of the things. So when I'm in delivery mode, what's the environment that supports that? Another thing for me is creation. When I'm creating content, I do a lot of creating, right? Again, think about your buckets. Your buckets may be different. From, mine is content creation. Here I am. I'm creating content. I'm either going to be sitting here if I'm doing something in my studio or my content creation environment is almost always post-workout, post-run, post being in that place of inspiration. And those of you that are clients of mine that have worked with me and you're creating any kind of content or you want to really produce something from that place that is potent, that is powerful and effortless, I always have you stack it. I always have my clients stack it on the back end of something that was either a workout or something that really brought them joy because it's just so effortless, right? So where's the environment? I've created this little practice that when I'm creating, if I'm not at this desk and I'm delivering something, this is more delivery actually for me because I've created the content ahead of time or the idea of it. A lot of the content creation actually happens for me while I'm on the back end of my walks. I have the three mile loop that I walk. The first half is about connecting. I connect, connect to the spirit. I worship, I pray, I sing. On the back end, there's a lot of downloading and ideas and inspiration that come usually I'll get a lot of my content flow from the back end of that walk so that by the time I hit my front porch, I'm ready to record something. This is why you guys see me raw and real a lot of times in my content because that's the state, that's the environment that best supports my best content. Now, strategy. I want to talk about strategic work. Okay, so I talked to you about delivery content creation or creativity. I know that I, again, I want to make sure that you heard that the environment that is conducive for me to create my best creative work is right after I'm in a place of inspiration or movement. This is also why recently I've been working on my book. I completed the manuscript where I'm final edits. It's going back and forth. I'm reading the final draft now. I got away. I went into the mountains. I was always, you know, taking these 
two-day or three-day getaways so that I could do lots of hikes. I could have lots of movement. I could have lots of spaciousness. This is why I get really creative on the back end of my three-mile walk. There's spaciousness. There's activity. There's movement. There's lots of green around where I live. I'm in nature. So just know yourself here, right? Is your environment supporting the work that you want to do? I want to talk about two more here. And again, there's lots of other ones. There's strategic work, the high level strategic, maybe strategic planning, big ideas, frameworks, you know, those kind of things. I do believe that we need to get out of our desk for that. I'm a big fan of getting people out of their office, away from all of the familiar triggers, again, into an environment that is neutral, that is inspiring, that is stretching them so that they can think bigger picture. They get the general's view. Again, if I'm in my office, even though it's beautiful here, like I already know what this space is for. This space is for delivery. This space is for, you know, over there, my little chair to connect and read. But when I want to do more of my strategic high level of work, I got to get out of this space. This is why in December, December one and two, I'm hosting a two day event in big sky, Montana, big sky, lots of spaciousness, remove ourselves from our everyday environment so that we think different. We see different, right? There's more space and you don't need to go to Montana to do this. It might be like a really awesome coffee shop that you can just drop into. There's some great coffee shops around here, you know, depending on what, where you know you work best. I know that my husband often goes to one of these co-working uh, places that they just built up around here. There's tons of open space. There's lots of natural light. They pull the garage doors up. The point is it takes you out of the place where you're triggered and interrupted and dis distracted by all these other pings and things that you just look and you're like, oh, well, I'll just pay that bill. Oh, I'll just like answer that email. Oh, I'll say yes to this person knocking at my door. Every time we do that, we slow everything down. We make everything way harder than it needs to be. I'm all about effortless work these days. And what I mean by effortless is like, it's fluid, right? I'm setting myself up to win. I'm setting, I'm looking at how do I best support the outcome I'm here to do? It's not to force and grab myself through it. It's not to force myself to sit in a chair for eight hours a day and just bang out the work, which is completely unnatural. And neuroscience shows us that's totally ineffective, right? This whole nine to five work model is broken. Okay. That is not the way that we yield the best results that we do our most meaningful work. Don't even get me started on that. <laughs> okay. So high level strategy, where is the environment? Like, is it your lake house? Is it a coffee shop? Is it, you know, I don't know. Sometimes I talk to clients. It's like, go for a drive, go sit by the water, you know, and just get your, your remarkable out or get your iPad out or whatever. And just riff. Is it getting off site for a few days? I'm a big fan of getting off site. I also want to say like, where's your place to just execute on those quick, you know, things that you just need to get out of the way, like bills, like, uh, just, you know, emails, like all of this other stuff that comes up that it's just like, I kind of call it busy work, you know, but it's just stuff that we need to clean up, clean up and set up, clean up and set up. So you can play with this, right? But again, as you look at your day and you look at your week, I'm curious, do you try to do everything in like one wide open environment? Like your bedroom is for working and for talking about all the things and for the kids running in and out and for laundry to pile up and your office is for eating and for everybody coming in and you're trying to do high level work there and you're also trying to do the minutia and you're, you're just like 
way overwhelmed and you're wondering why, maybe this is why, is that you are not being conscious about curating the environment that sets you up to win. So I hope that today's podcast is really landing with you and I want to invite you to really take a minute, to take a beat today and ask yourself, what are the most important things for me to execute on? What are the most important things? What is my most important work? Go back and listen to last week's podcast. And after you answer that question, then ask yourself, what is the most conducive environment for me to do my best work? Am I willing to just shift up the way I do things a little bit. Maybe this means mixing up my schedule, saying, giving myself permission to get out of the office or away from my desk and go work down by the beach or go get away for a day of deep thinking. Maybe it's giving yourself permission to go into the office at 10. So you have the first two hours or three hours of your day to work on your you know, most important things or go in at 11, whatever it is to totally change the way that you do work. What is the environment? That's going to best support you. That's going to set you up to win instead of set you up to fail every single day. What is the environment that's going to allow you to have more energy at the end of the day versus end the, end, end the day exhausted, depleted, empty? So I want to invite you to consider those things. This is a powerful, powerful shifts. If you get this, you guys, I want to thank you for being here today. I am as always, excited to support you, excited to hear from you, excited to hear what you want to hear more of. And I want to share something new that we're doing in the future of the podcast. This is coming soon. I'm going to start to release some podcasts where we are going to bring on live calls, live questions, live Q and A's. So if you are interested in being on the show or having your questions answered on the show, you can, we're doing this live and we're also doing it by question. You can go ahead and click on the link below. There's a link there where you can submit your question, your contact details, and my team will reach out to you if it's a fit and we'll either get you on for a live show, uh, live coaching session, or we will answer your question on the air. So it's super exciting. I'm excited to roll out this, this new thing. Um, we're going to be doing that. We're going to be rolling out more interviews as well as continuing with solo cast. So all of that to say, always here to support you guys, whatever it is that you'd love to hear more of your, your burning questions, make sure you click on the link below. Let me hear from you. This always allows me to best support you and bring you the most valuable content. If you have not already done so, take a minute right now, subscribe to the show, leave a review. These are the simple things that again, help us to multiply the message, to get it out to more people. And I just want to thank you for being here. Thank you for being a valued listener. I am thrilled that you're here. Until next time, I'll be in Zion for the next week. Maybe I'll do an impromptu show from there. Here's to loving fiercely, leading courageously. Bye for now. Thanks again for joining me in today's episode. It is my intention to bring you valuable, heart-shifting content every time that will upgrade your life. If you're a new listener, make sure you follow the podcast so you can stay up to date as future episodes roll out. And I invite you to head on over and join my free community, Warriors of the Heart on Facebook. In there, you'll find bonus trainings, a game-changing assessment tool, and exclusive member-only offers. Until next time, Warriors, here's to loving fiercely and leading courageously in the untamed life, the only life worth living.